Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. As we come together today, let us uh, lift up our, uh, our prayers and our love as we join together to praise Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thanks, Rock. May we stand as we join together number 333. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. Day. So if you would follow with me in your bulletin, the litany. We give thanks for our pastors, for they have been called to serve our congregation by preaching the word, serving the sacraments, visiting our sick, pastoring to our needs, and being in ministry along with us. A sacred charge has been given to our pastors and a holy responsibility to serve the church, our congregation, and our community. Research uh, in 1992, Pastor Appreciation Day was started by Hallmark Cards. <laughs> so if you want to send your pastor a card, let him know. They designated the second Sunday in October as Pastor Appreciation Day. So on behalf of our congregation, Gary and Brian, I want to say thank you for all you do, the wonderful sermons, the caring and support of the members of this church, working so well with our staff and all the other things that you do on a daily basis. We also want to say thank you to your wives for sharing your time with us. So at this time, I would like to give you a gift of appreciation from our congregation. <laughs> Would you give me? I, I felt so appreciated, I thought I'd wear my kilt, uh, because uh, you can't unappreciate me now today, can you? I just want you to know, this is the official uh, Methodist Church tartan, and uh, Tammy got this for my birthday last time, and I said I got to wear it every Sunday to get the use out of it before I retire, so um, here you are again. <laughs> and we have a special joy this morning.
This is Marion's 92nd birthday today. found the one thing that actually can match pitch with a bagpipe. <laughs> a Methodist congregation. <laughs> and since you all sing so beautifully, may we join together, lift our voices in our prayer hymn, 496 Sweet Hour of Prayer. God, we give you thanks and praise for the beautiful day, the opportunity to join together in fellowship and in worship, to come as individuals but join as a community in faith. We give you thanks and praise for the blessings and the gifts of this morning and of our lives, to celebrate birthdays and milestones, to celebrate the gift of music, to raise it in song to give you thanks and praise for mistakes that we can learn from and laugh at. We give you thanks and praise that you continue to call to us and reach out to us, that you desire intimacy. <coughs> Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise for many abundant blessings that we don't always acknowledge or recognize, but that you never cease to offer. And with our thanks, we also lift up the burdens that we bear, the pains that we hold, the scars that remain, the sins that we commit against you and one another. Glorious God, that on this day as we come before you, may we present these things before the foot of the throne of your grace to receive a mercy 
unknown, a peace beyond understanding, a joy that fills our hearts to know that your love, your grace, and your mercy abound. God, as we come to you in prayer, may we take but a moment to be silent, to feel your spirit move, to experience your embrace, to just come into your presence wherever we might find ourselves, but to know that by being in your presence, our lives can never be the same. To you we come. Merciful and loving God, we continue to pray. And as we pray with and for one another, may we too pray for those around this world to lift up those who are grieving, those experiencing loss and hurt, war and famine and so many other things. God, we give you our prayers as we ask that not only our voices be heard, but our lives be transformed, that we continue to live in action the prayers that we lift, to be your hands and feet, to be your light in the darkness, your voice in the silence. Glorious God, we give you praise and thanksgiving that we might be together, to be a community in faith as we lift up our voices, and two, we lift up our hearts. So on this day, may we as a community offer the prayer that your son Jesus taught, that together we too may pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the ushers come forward as we receive our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
praise for these our gifts, tithes, and offerings. We present them before you and ask that you'll bless and multiply these our gifts, that we be faithful to the ministry of your church through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 13. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, 
whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have received, revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That is God's word to God's people. Thanks be unto God. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks in the reading of your holy word this day. And pray now by the inspiration of your spirit, you'll take the words that we have heard and these words that we have read and make them living words and hearts. And that today, once more, by the power of your spirit, these words will, as good seed that finds its way to good soil, digs deep roots and brings forth harvest, now to us today, dig deeply into the soil of our souls and bring to us a harvest unto everlasting life through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God, and in whose name we pray. Amen. Before I begin my message this morning, I wanted to share just a few thoughts about a very important Sunday coming up two weeks from today, which is our Consecration Sunday. Our three services will be all joined together in one service that Sunday, so you guys are all right. And uh, we'll ask the others to join us for a very special time. We hope in this last week you received in the mail a special uh, stewardship packet. If you, for any reason, did not receive one of those, they're available on the uh, friendship and welcome table uh, just out on the patio when you're leaving here today. And um, we hope that uh, as well for Brian and myself, you come out and join us with some uh, cake and some goodies uh, to celebrate Pastor's Appreciation Day. Uh, I was surprised myself to learn that uh, Pastor's Appreciation really hasn't been around that long. But uh, fortunately, I've always appreciated being appreciated. So uh, that works out well for me. But uh, in that packet for stewardship, there was a cover letter from Brian and myself, which we hope that you had an opportunity to read. There were some uh, questions and answers about stewardship and what that means. But there are two important cards that were part of that, and an envelope for you to bring those back on Consecration Sunday. One, of course, is your commitment card for your finances for a new year. And uh, very important, of course, as we run the ministry of our church, we obviously need to be able to sustain that. So we ask you in prayer to consider how you'll give to your church. Also in that was a uh, pamphlet in which you'll be able to mark down areas in the church that you might wish to be a part of. If you don't find anything in there that fits your description, write, I'd like to talk to the pastor. We'll find something for you to do, even if it's washing Brian's car. Um, <laughs> Um, but uh, very important, bring them both. Uh, they, they, it really does make a difference. We want everyone to have some way to be able to serve in our church because that's what stewardship is all about. And so this morning, Team Westlake Village, we're getting closer. So today I'm going to ask you to give me an A. a. Now, I, Renee was a little bit out of tune on that when she said A before everybody else did. So I want to say it again, Renee, I want you to join everybody. <laughs> I don't want you to be out of step. So give me an A. A. Okay, A, A, A. You guys are getting good finally. Uh, let's recap. S was for the word steward. T was for tithing. E was for evangelism. W was for worship. And today, A is for adoration or praise or prayer. You see, committed stewardship to your church requires your prayers for your church, for your pastors, for those who are part of the ministries of this church, and for each one of us. 
we covet the prayers you give as part of your stewardship for your church. Now, prayer is kind of a no-brainer in church, isn't it? I mean, you come to church and say, you got to pray. We all know that, don't we? However, if we're honest with it, we still have some questions about prayer. Now, we've all perhaps seen the bumper sticker. Perhaps you have it on a little uh, sign that says prayer changes things. As a matter of fact, when I grew up at home, I faced as my parents the issue of the fact that my room was, well, should I say, less than, um, than neat. Uh, but there were three boys bivouacking in that room. What should you expect? But there were those times when out-of-town guests would come, and my parents would say that we had to clean up the room because, after all, they might have to see it. And uh, I could never understand that. Just Mom closed the door. It didn't work that way. She wanted people to be able to look in there, and she wanted it all clean. And I can remember on more than one occasion saying to guests, would you please excuse the condition of our room? Our mother made us clean it up. <laughs> now, my grandmother lived with us uh, from my birth until my young adulthood, and she gave me a little sign that expressed that exact aforementioned quotation, prayers, things, changes things. And I love my grandmother, and I put that little sign up on the bunk bed that my twin brother and I shared. And um, it was on the end there, so we could see it every time we climbed up, or I, I was on the top. I'd climb up and I'd see that little sign every time we got into bed. My mother sometime, however, during the day, entered our room, discovered that we had not cleaned it up quite to her satisfaction. And I found a tash, I, I would have said a post-it note, but they didn't have post-it notes in those days. So she took a piece of scotch tape and um, a little piece of paper, and she put to the bottom a sign, prayer may change things, but it hasn't changed this bed. <laughs> Always remember that. Always remember that. But it kind of focuses our dilemma about prayer, doesn't it? That is, we realize that we believe in prayer, we ask, why don't we see every prayer answered? At least the way we want it. And many times in retrospect and re-reflection, we discover that God perhaps had more sense in not answering that prayer than if he had answered it the way that we want. As the ancient sages of Rome once said, when God's determined to punish us, they answer our prayers. And what it means is simply that oftentimes we pray for things that we've never thought about the implications about what that prayer would really mean if it were truly answered. And every one of us have probably faced that. But I thank God that God has not answered every prayer that I have ever prayed for. I remember Mrs. Billy Graham, Ruth Graham was once asked uh, about uh, her husband and uh, asked about marriage and said, do you believe that God answers prayer and she said, no. And everybody said, oh, Mrs. Billy Graham does not believe in answered prayer. He said, well, actually, if it, I believe in answered prayer, I would marry to the wrong guy twice. <laughs> <laughs> so God didn't answer that prayer and allowed her to marry the person that God really wanted her to marry. And so I want to share with you this morning about a powerful prayer that I suspect every one of us have either heard, read, seen or probably have it right in your memory banks. It's called by many names, but I think it is most known to us by the title of the Serenity Prayer. It says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. I believe this is a prayer that can make a difference in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ as we ask your commitment to dedicate yourself in prayer to your church for this upcoming year. We will find in this prayer principles of faith that can bring peace to our lives. And in that peace, we receive strength to be empowered to live our lives in ways we never thought possible before. The first principle of the serenity prayer is that God can grant us peace in every situation of life. I find that an amazing statement. Now, how do you define serenity? Serenity, I would say, is simply a state of inward peace or peacefulness. The book of Philippians tells us this, But have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and you will receive the peace of God that passes all the understanding of the world. 
What if you could feel that kind of peace? It would make a difference. The one thing we seek most in life, I think, is a sense of peace. Do we not? But how do you realize peace that comes not only in the absence of trial and tribulation, but as Paul shows us, peace that comes even in the midst of trial and tribulation. And that's why the serenity prayer says that in God's peace, with serenity, we can accept the things we cannot change. My friends, there will be things you cannot change in your lives. There will be problems and there will be circumstances that you will perhaps have in your life for many years. There is no quick bailout from the problems that we face in life. And if I were to get up to you as your pastor and tell you as a Christian that you could walk your journey of faith with never having a problem, I'd be lying from the pulpit of this church. But I can tell you this. The truth is, God's truth is, we can still know peace even when we have problems in the situations of life. Because serenity, true, deep, abiding serenity, is not determined by the circumstances of life around us. It is determined by the presence of the inward peace of God in our lives, our hearts, and our souls. And therefore, the key to peace, real peace, my friends, is inside of each one of us. You see, the storms can be raging out here, but on the inside, you can still have peace. And the key is to accept what you cannot change and leave it there in someone's hands who is bigger than you are and your problem is. You don't have to run from the things you can't change, though we do have to stand up to them. But when we stand up to the problems, we can face them because we become bigger than they are. Clearly, 95% of the things that we worry about are things mostly over which we have absolutely no control. You cannot change the weather. Although I remember the cute story about the little lady who wasn't invited to the church picnic. And all of a sudden, someone remembered she hadn't been invited, so she called Addie up and said, Addie, come to the, come to the picnic. We forgot to ask you. She said, too late. I've already prayed for rain. <laughs> You cannot change one tick. Of that clock, not one tick of it. You cannot change the past. You cannot change another person against their will. You cannot change what is right or what is wrong. You cannot change the fact that you have lost a loved one in death. But even in the midst of shattered dreams, I have seen the serenity of God in people who accepted that they could not change everything, but trusted God with the outcome in everything. Why does not God answer every prayer? I do not know. If I did know, I would write a book. I would sell it for $49.95. <laughs> and right now, I'd be sitting in the Riviera under this nice umbrella with a lemonade in my hand. Enjoying the good life. Everybody would buy that book. Whatever it is, though, that you face today that you can't change, and I don't have the answer, give it to God. Second, God can give us in guidance with courage to change what we can change. I know things can change because I have found change in my own life. I hope you have too. I hope you can say to me today that you are not the same person that you were 10 years ago or five years ago and that you will not be the same person you will be five days from now or a year from now, but that you would have grown in your faith because I believe that every day is an opportunity for God to make us grow. And with God's strength and help to give us the courage, we can be a better person in our lives. What can you change? In prayer, you can change your attitude toward life. You can change unhelpful habits. You can change your brokenness into wholeness. You can turn your failures into victories. God is always waiting to touch our lives and to change them into the power of something good. If only we will let God do so. 
God can change every one of us into the beautiful people that he created us to be for something greater than our brokenness for you and for me. But there's one other step in the prayer. It says that God will grant us the wisdom to know the difference between what we can and can't change. How do you find the answer to the difference? The answer is, as Paul tells us, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our prayers be known unto God. In prayer, God guides each one of us into the wisdom to know which is which. You see, it is a question of ultimate trust. It is to commit your life and your problem to God and say, Lord, here it is. You take it. I release it. Show me your will. And when we finally give our problems to God, we will then know what to leave and what to change, and the result will be inner serenity. Paul then proceeds to show us what we need to focus our thoughts and minds on, and he talks about everything. He says to think of that which is true and honorable and pure and lovely and a good report of that which is excellent and praiseworthy. He says, make all of these things a part of your lives. What I am talking to you is far more than positive thinking, although we could use a lot more of that in our lives. What I'm talking about is the conviction that is based on the solid foundation of Scripture, God's presence, and Christ's strength. You may be knocked down, but if you keep your courage, you'll never be beaten. Many say to me, but there's no way. I'm going to tell you, if you keep your faith, you'll always find a way. Multitudes of people never achieve significant things in their life because they just give up. But it is an attitude of mind, as Paul tells us in Philippians, your personal faith and attitude will determine your whole way of living. It will either make you or break you. It will either heal you or hurt you. It will either make friends or make enemies, put you uptight or put you at ease, make you miserable or make you happy. But you are the one that determines that as a decision in your life to let God be in charge. There is another prayer that I'd like to share with you. It comes from the writing of Pastor Dale E. Galloway, former senior minister of the New Hope Community Church of Portland, Oregon, and who became a professor at Asbury Seminary. He was a minister who was literally defrocked, removed from his church, and was told he would never minister in his denomination again because his wife had left him for another man. Broken, branded a failure, at the point of suicide, he saw his whole life crumble in front of him and around him. No future at all. Before he became a seminary teacher, he ministered to a church of 15,000 every Sunday. How in the world could a whole life change like that? He had no hope, except he found the power to do so in the serenity prayer. And out of that prayer, he wrote another prayer. I've entitled this prayer for myself, the overcomer's prayer. It's based on verse 13 of our scripture. Listen to it carefully. It's short, but it's powerful. Whatever the mind can conceive, you see, that's faith, and I will dare to believe with God's help, I can achieve. Whatever the mind can conceive, and I will dare to believe with God's help, I can achieve. That is the power of God's grace in our lives to change our lives. This is the whole truth of the Christian church. It is the basis of my ministry. It is the cornerstone of our faith. You can count on God in Jesus Christ no matter what. God is good and has a good plan for your life. Don't let go. God is with you. I want to share with you a story from just yesterday. When I officiated a military funeral, my role as chaplain in the United States Air Force Auxiliary for a Marine Corps veteran, served in Afghanistan, came home, took his own life. I can tell you that of all the some 300 people at the funeral, many in dress blues were devastated. 
Most were trying to understand this tragedy. Many were looking for some kind, any kind of answer, and all were looking to find a sense of peace in a situation that will go with them for years to come. I can tell you that this is one of the hardest types of funerals that any pastor, a minister, or chaplain will ever officiate. As I looked out into the crowd, I thought, how would I give them hope to go on? And how do we, in the midst of a tragic world, find the promise of God to go forward? And this is what I said. He tried hard to climb his mountains, but for whatever reason, the last one seemed just too high and too hard to conquer. Why do these things happen? I don't know. I wished I did, but this I know. If any of you or your friends is going through the valley, tell someone you trust. We all need one another, and sometimes all it takes is one of us being there. It's never hopeless because there is always tomorrow. If you need help, ask for it. There are plenty of people who love you and care about you. Reach out. Take a hand. Be strong for each other. We all need one another. But don't forget to pray for each other because we can all use the power of God's presence with us in the tragedies of life that we face. And then I played the tune when the battle's over. Are the words. I return to the fields of glory where the green grasses and flowers grow, and the wind softly tells the story of the brave lads of long ago. In the great glen they lay asleeping where the cool waters gently flow, and the gray mist is sadly weeping for those brave lads of long ago. Some return from the fields of glory to their loved ones who held them dear. But some fell in that hour of glory and were left to their resting here. March no more, my soldier laddie. There is peace where there once was war. Sleep in peace, my soldier laddie. Sleep in peace, for now the battle's o'er. I pray for this family to find peace and serenity and the strength of God as I pray for every one of us who follow Jesus Christ to also know the peace of God and to tell you today that my grandmother was right. Prayer does change things. I cannot emphasize to you the strength that Brian and I get from your prayers. Please, please, please do not forget to pray for us. We need the power and strength of your prayers for this ministry to receive and seek to serve with you. Don't stop praying for us. Never stop praying. Let us pray. Eternal God, 
we give you the thanks that you have called us to be a people of prayer. Ah, uh, yes, we have questions. We all do. But, oh God, we understand that in the midst of the questions, we have the faithful, sure presence of Jesus Christ who guides us in the way. For far better it would be to walk in the darkness holding your hand than to walk with a torch without you. So, O oh Lord, help us that in the midst of every storm we might have the faith to truly believe and that we, you, O oh God, will grant us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, the, the courage to change the things we can, and wisdom to know the difference because whatever by faith the mind can conceive and we will dare to believe with your help we can achieve by the power of God through Jesus Christ. And to your name now be all honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> May I invite you to stand as we join together in our hymn of dedication number 109, Creating God, Your Fingers Trace. go forth this day to continue to pray with and for one another, to continue to hold fast to one another's hand, to go be the light in this world. Now may we go in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to love and to serve now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.